All right. Yep. Yep. Hey, hey. Thank you. You've reached a new ring on the brain. And hey, you got BG here. And our team of awesome, awesome work. We have some awesome work coming. We have a amazing series that we're going to be doing pretty soon. And definitely what you're going to hear right now is going to be a little bit different. Something like a, a little bit of a continuation. This is one of the um, stories from the ghost. We had done one before. And now we're doing another one. Um, by popular demand, we're keeping it aliens. So, we'll go ahead and get to it. You'll be hearing some cool stuff. But that's what a, a new wrinkle on the brain is all about. We're about kind of wrinkling the, the mindset, wrinkling what you're thinking. And guess what? We're going to do whatever the TV and Hulu and the woo-woo, whatever you're doing. Hey, we're going to do something different. We, we we go the opposite direction of wherever you want to go. So <laughs> um, get used to it. Be happy about it. And guess what? It's local. Support local. Um, you can reach us online as well. Definitely. We're super interactive. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we're, we're very active on Facebook, but we're definitely branching out. Here's the cool part. A whole bunch of links. Get ready. All right. You can get us on Facebook at A New Wrinkle on the Brain. You can get us on Twitter at the same tag. It'll be at A New Wrinkle on the Brain. You spell it all out. You'll catch us. Um, there's no one else with our name. Same thing with Instagram. We're the only people. A New Wrinkle on the Brain. We're the only ones. We don't have to put a number or a dash or anything. So go to all of your social medias. A New Wrinkle on the Brain. We are there. We're already there. Just Just check it out. Have fun. But even better, check out YouTube. YouTube has all of the archives. We have playlists. We have different sections. What's really cool is you can go into what I call the data dump nobody knows about. Go ahead and check that out. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, I mean, anything you want from politics back in November to... What was going on in January, you know, before the inauguration, um, we have some alien stuff that dropped in February. Yeah, if you didn't know, guess what? A whole bunch of info has been dropping and I've been posting it. So get us on YouTube, add a new wrinkle on the brain and all your social medias also add a new wrinkle on the brain. And don't be afraid to show your support. We do have monthly supporter options. If you want to be one of the first, one of the top echelon, the the real wrinkle, you want to show your wrinkle, well, then, hey, guess what? We have supporter options. They're as low as $1.99, even as low as $0.99. Cents. And, I mean, it, it, you can, if you want to support for, for more, thank you. But it's definitely an easy entry. You can get that supporter option by going to anchor.fm slash A-N-W-O-T-B-0-1 slash support appreciate you guys going ahead and hang in there for this next one all right yes sir bg back and yes we are live we've made it we made it through the cold and the thunder and the weird snow snow lightning it was it was weird anyway i'll tell the story another day but today we're going to continue from where we left off and it's going to be an awesome awesome story um, we're revisiting our special guest, um, just the ghost. She's the storyteller. She's the one who's gone through this stuff. So her telling the story is a whole lot better than me trying to read it because I'm going to tear. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to mess it up. So check out what we have here for you. Something new, something you haven't heard before. We did a, a, a piece with her talking about the Roswell crash, kind of a, a different take on a story we already knew, but from a from a way different perspective uh i have one of those so uh just a little backstory we all know what antarctica is we know where it is it's very large it's very cold and it's far away now with that being said we know there's been stuff going on in antarctica you know um research bases weird meetings of of uh, uh, political powers i think a whole bunch of popes went down there or something uh, religious religious leaders have been down there some weird meeting and maybe about a couple years ago uh 2019 there was a story of buzz aldrin going down there and he started tripping balls he couldn't hold together whatever he saw and he had to be medevaced out look up the story if you haven't seen it 
a trip. Oh, it's, it's a really wild story. Anyway, so uh, I found I found this two years ago. Uh, I didn't really want to bring it up, you know, because it's always such a weird topic. A lot of people don't want to talk aliens or stuff that's just unknown. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let this I'm gonna let this roll. I'm gonna let her tell her story because you know what. This is a LARP session. Call it that. We can call it that. We can call it a LARP session. A live action role play. No one ever said any of this was real. But I mean, you know, it's a story. Maybe a different way of thinking. Or even just something cool to entertain the mind. Maybe give give you a new wrinkle, maybe. I don't know. You know, that's kind of why we're here. So let's have fun. Uh, let's get a new wrinkle today. Let's check it out. Open minds. Uh, don't let it be too open that it falls on the ground. But uh, yeah. Let's be open to cool stuff. Let's check this out again. This is actually off of a request. Uh, we had a couple, um, some comments online. Um, you can get us on social media. Remember, you can always comment to us on social media at a new wrinkle on the brain on YouTube. Same for Instagram, same for Twitter, all of the above. Have fun with that. Um, you can also support us as well. Check us out. Um, anchor.fm slash a n w o t b zero one slash support check us out support us if you can um one dollar two dollar five ten have fun um any donation helps it all goes to making the podcast better um but yeah without further ado do we bring to you you the cool story maybe some woo woo but again this is a larp session have fun take it for what you want guys be careful hi and welcome to the dark web vlogs where I'm sharing the experiences I've had working with clients on some of the most outrageous deals being run over the dark web. The job I'll be talking about today was similar to others, yet so different. What could possibly take me to Antarctica? A mission to find a man I don't know against what I don't know. And what could I expect with this entire situation? I certainly did not know. A man was caught, brought in by the feds. His son tells me that not only was there no crime, although his father was a colorful man, he tells me that he is in no prison. He was taken. Now his son is sure he knows where his father is, but there's no way he can get there on his own because not only is it far, it's somewhere far too corrupt to even imagine. Needing someone who could pull off the impossible and go to a place no one is allowed and the dangers are completely unknown. He got a hold of me. They call me the ghost. I'm ex-CIA and now a dark operative on the dark web. I work a lot of jobs and today is my account of what happened on a job that was hard to believe and even harder to get through. Take a listen and enjoy. Like, share, subscribe, click, 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 click. This request came in, as they always do, over the dark web. Came in at midnight from a self-made man who's now a millionaire. Anyway, he tells me that, you know, he's had it all, he's done it all, and he's had a great life, but that he's ready. He lets me know who he is and all that he's done, but that it hasn't been enough, not now. Not since someone very important to him went away for a crime that doesn't even exist. He knows where this person is and says if he doesn't find him, his life will not be complete. Now, what I'm thinking at this point is there's someone that's put away for a crime and he needs to go get him. And I don't really break people out of prison. So I'm actually almost ready to stop reading this request. You know, I have a lot of others that come in. But for some reason, I kept reading that day. And so this man, who I'll call Kevin, tells me that why he's getting in touch with me and not someone else is because this situation is unique. Well, I've heard that before. He tells me that this person is not in prison. Well, that's a relief to me. And he tells me instead he was taken. Taken by the ones chasing him and now he is far away in an extremely dangerous place. They want him for his mind, Kevin says, and that in all reality, he's being held hostage, even could be something worse than that. He tells me that if I will meet him, 
he'd like to explain. So I have this successful guy who's talking about a prisoner somewhere extremely dangerous. Well, yes, I have to go to this meeting because I simply just want to know what this all is about. After we verify that he is who he says he is, I agree. I say yes. Now, I know where this guy is. I know where he works. I know where he lives. And where we're meeting is not at all where he is. He wants me to meet him in Denver and tells me that he will fly there the next afternoon if I will. So I tell him, sure. And when I get to Denver, you know, I hadn't been there in a while and I'm early. So I get a room just in case I may or may not need it, but I like to have one in case. Then I have to wait until seven when he's asked me to meet him at a sushi restaurant of all things, where we're gonna talk in a private room. So I get there and I ask for Kevin and this actually just kind of makes me chuckle because I ask for Kevin and this woman just sort of looks at me because I always sort of have the same look and I'm definitely not dressed for a high-end sushi place, but she does take me back to Kevin and she opens this door and he's sitting there and then he gets up to greet me and then he tells the woman that she can go ahead. So I'm guessing at that time that he's pre-ordered food or something. She leaves and we both sit down. And so here I am sitting across from a guy who I know to be very high-end, you know, and he has just the right amount of tan, he's dressed nice, a very professional guy. But at the same time, let me tell you, he is frazzled. He really did look like he explained how he was feeling. He was strung out, he needed something. So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe this request is actually more than just a crazy story. Well, he thanks me for coming, offers me some hot tea that's on the table, which I take. And then he starts to explain. It's his father he needs to find. And he starts out by giving me a little background information on who he is. His dad, who I'm going to go ahead and call Frank because he reminds me of Frank Abagnale. You know the story, Catch Me If You Can? He was basically left by Kevin's mother to raise him alone when they had him when they were just 17. Well, Frank was determined to be successful. Thus, so is Kevin. As they grew up, though, they just went in different directions. That's all. <coughs> His father grew up to be a lot of things, actually. He had a master's in forensic psychology as well as a PhD in philosophy. And after working for a while legitimately, he just couldn't stay caged. He went on to do bank robberies, he stole art, led a massive Ponzi scheme, and his son Kevin knew of these crimes as he raised him, and his father's wealth just built and built. But the feds could never prove anything or catch him, and they'd been chasing him for years. Well, Kevin, seeing all this, he wanted to stay legit, you know, so I was thinking, why wasn't he glad his father was in prison then, finally? Well, because he loved his father, really, and he says there was no crime. But what was being done to him now was a crime. He tells me that his father was a storyteller and was until he was taken. And he made it clear it's taken, not convicted. You know, when Kevin was young, the stories were more about fantasy. But as Kevin grew, the stories took on more realism. You know, as a young boy, he heard of heroes and things like that. But as he got older, he heard about real people and real life things. His dad would tell him about his own fantasies and his own grown-up heroes the criminals that made it and how they had gotten to where they had, as if he was training Kevin. He also told him what to be afraid of, you know, cops, FBI, what not to do to get caught. He said, they are really trying hard to get me. They're following me, but they can't catch me. Kevin even said he asked Frank, well then why? Why do you crime when you can do so much? He's asked his father that before, but Frank would always reply, because I can, because I want to. Then, while at his dad's estate on a Sunday night, as usual, they were sipping scotch, he told Kevin one more story. This story was about a place. But Kevin says he knew the whole time the story was really about Frank, or a possible Frank. And he was telling Kevin so that he would know. Know what happened and maybe know what to do. So what was that story? Well, Frank told Kevin that there was a special place for those they can never catch. Not catch legally, I mean. But this place, it was a place very far away, and if you weren't taken there, you would need some very special help to get there, and even if you did get there, it would be very hard to find. He even asked Kevin, you know, where do you think would be a good place to hide people? You know, where do you guys think? Anyway, Kevin guessed an island, and his father just chuckled, took a sip of his scotch, and then said he was almost right. And then he laughed and said he bet some people thought it was an island. 
He told Kevin, you know, if you ever wanted to find it, you would have to go south, where it's cold, where normal people don't really go, and go deep for the treasure. It was a hidden secret, he said. Rumors flew around about this place. You know, some said that those taken there were supposed to be killed in a horrific way for what they had done, legal or not. Others said you'd be stuck living through years of terrible torture for the crimes you did. For the top criminals, the real smarts, I mean, they were kept against their will. They would be held hostage because it was their minds they wanted to preserve. They would wake up in a world they didn't even know. They wouldn't know anyone. They would be helpless that way. And they would be forced to be a soldier. Then Kevin said he just told him to remember that. He even asked him to promise. And six months later, he was gone. The police, the feds, everywhere Kevin checked, they told him his father had committed a horrific crime and was in the supermax in Colorado where you know we were right then. But he was untouchable. He wasn't allowed to talk to anyone and his crime was so bad they couldn't even tell him what it was. So we were in Colorado for two reasons, Kevin said. He didn't want anyone to catch on to him, so he wanted to be away from where he usually was. His father taught him all about that. And then the other reason was he felt spiteful and angry. This is where the lie began. And this is where Kevin wanted the end to start. And it could here now, he said, if I would take the job. But I needed to know more. I wanted to know exactly what we were talking about. And he was more than willing to explain. He had done his research, put his father's little riddle or story together. You know, the last story his father had told him. But like an island, the go south was Antarctica. And then there were a couple of other things he said that I can't really say here, but Kevin definitely knew where we were going. I'll just leave it at that. The reason why he was contacting me at this time was because for a small bit, this particular station that he wanted to go to in Antarctica was shut down. And this is where the lies begin. The ugly, scary, unbelievable lies that are a part of our world. You know, the things they will never tell you. And who would even think to ask, right? But we know that something bad is happening with this one. I mean, his father told him and his father was always on top of it all. He had to be. He had been many of his own friends disappear. Now, Kevin needs to get there and get him out. His father was a criminal, and he promised he would deal with that when he was out, but he loved his father. He was good to him, and all of this was just plain wrong. Even he and all of his wealth, power, and glory would not be able to get his father out by himself. He needed a resource, one that could be invisible, get in there and help him find his father. And then we were interrupted. There was a knock at the door. Kevin told them they could come in. And he brought us some amazing food. You know, I think Kevin just knew I needed time to think. This was something major. There would be no one to call in Antarctica if things went wrong. But sure, the money was good. On top of that, our research showed that Kevin was a good man. He said he would deal with his father. And if what he is saying is true, it could be one of the darkest things I made possibly ever see. So we sat, you know, we had spicy tuna tartare, shrimp, crunchy rolls, and a plate of something called the sexy lady. And then when we were done, it was time. It was time for my decision. My decision was to go. I accepted this job. In the back of my mind, I'm wondering what my team will think. This pushes it for anyone, but if I know them, they will be up for the job. And so it was, the deal was done. He even transferred funds to my dark web account right then and there. He wanted this, it was official. And to Antarctica, we would go. We parted ways at the close of dinner and I was glad that I had my hotel at that point. This was something to digest. This was something you need to sort of let overtake you. I pulled out my laptop and called together my team on a secured line that we have so I could tell them the latest news. You know, whenever I go, to a meeting, they know what the request is and they always know it's 50-50. All they knew here is that, that it could be very dangerous, but we've done that before, but they need to know this and they need to know it right now. When I get them all together and tell them the news, it was a short talk, but they're in. So now we need to think, what is the approach? What do we bring? We need to make sure that we are safe. And we all need to digest this before I fly back in the morning. It was a lot to take in. So when I do get back, safe to say anything else we had going on 
shut down while me and my team stayed in to figure this all out. You know, emotionally, we all have to be ready also. You know, we're always on our own, but this is really on our own. And I need to mention here that, sure, I'm sure you know this, you can take fun little cruise flights over to Antarctica. You can actually go and explore the seventh continent. Go on an expedition. That'd be great. But I want to be very clear, this is nothing like that. We are going to in an extremely remote location. No one knows we're coming and we don't want them to. Anyway, back to the job. You know, we all mesh very well. We're all on the same page, me and my team. And now we just need to prepare for anything. And we always are prepared, but let's face it, being frozen at the South Pole with no resources anywhere means we need to be sure and sure on top of that, that we have everything that we need. So Harley does her digging on Frank now that we know who he is. And he's exactly who Kevin says he is. This guy was smart. And to the outsider, one would think that he made his money buying buildings and trading. And that's after his stint in regular society, working his way up to be a criminal profiler. Harley could follow the crimes that this man was being chased for. And they were on his trail right behind him. There was the FBI, Interpol, you name it. You know, we have access to see all of that. They were on his trail of all the crimes that Kevin said his father had done. They were right there. But he was very clean and at least two steps ahead of them. Just like Kevin said, the guy really was amazing. I can see why someone would want to use that mine, but, you know, here we are going to Antarctica. This guy didn't get any kind of deal like the real Frank Abagnale got. Not if he's where we think he is. And okay, we're all set, but what I want to do right now is fast forward because, you know, I have contacts that get us to Antarctica, you know, got me on a passenger helicopter that takes us and drops us off at the station. I mean, the details of all of that would just take too long to describe, and there's so much that happens here. I want to get to that stuff. When we do get there, though, real quick, you know, it's light out. We have to break in. We have to get heat and power going. You know, they always have reserves in places like that. And we do take a small break because we need to fuel up with food, water, coffee, things like that. And we need to stash our stuff. The pilot on our helicopter gives us a radio so we can contact him when we're done. And then we just have to wait for him to let us know when he's coming back. So that's that. Now we need to find what we came for. So when we do get settled, everyone fans out everywhere, scouring this place for what we're looking for. You know, room by room, area by area. And we're finding nothing until there's a room in the back where, you know, there's a medical table, shelves for supplies, and there actually are a few there now, the ones that can withstand the freezing cold. But behind this big door, there are a few things stored there. We find a door in the floor. This has to be something. I mean, these places don't really have basements. So, before we do anything though with this opportunity, we want to have anything and everything we might need in case this is something, in case we end up going through it. So we really do sort of load ourselves up with night goggles, we have knives, we even have the flamethrower, just things like that. So we get all that set up and then when we're ready, Ryder's planning on staying above so that she can try to alert us if anyone's coming. And she'll be ready if we alert her that anyone or anything is coming up. So there we are, we're ready, we're set up. We try the door and of course it's locked and there's no lock on it. Although we look around and sure enough, behind one of the shelves, behind this large can of beans is a keypad. Well, no problem. I pull off the cover and I hook up a few internal wires to one of the electronic readers that I have and the code pops right up. So easy peasy. Frankie tries the door now and it opens easily. So we're all standing around it and ready for anything. You know, Kevin's all geared up too, but I'm a little bit worried about him because he's a business guy and this is no joke. There was no way he was gonna stay back though. So I give him a nod, he nods back. He doesn't look timid or anything. So in fact, he looks determined. You know, it's amazing what a personal mission can do to a person. You wouldn't even recognize him really if you were someone <coughs> back home in his world. Okay, so we're looking down at this thing. It's open and it's dark. There's a metal ladder going down. Frankie has his blowtorch, you know, just in case. We all have our things. I go first. Jagger follows me, then Kevin, and then Frankie holds up the back. And one by one, we make our way down.
Okay, so we get down there, and it's pretty dark, but there are a few things. Along the walls, there's these black metal rods. They come down from the ceiling, and then they go back to the walls, and they're separators for these little black boxes. We have no idea what those are, but there's just one after the other. Those are kind of high up, and beneath those, there's some red lights, dim but red lights, and they're lining the walls. They're in a line. There's some weird substance hanging from the ceiling. It's almost like slimy, soft icicles. It's very strange. It's not frozen. That's the other thing. It's not frozen down there. So before the door is shut, we hand our heavy polar gear and stuff back up to Ryder because now that we know this, it'll be easier to move and react to anything without it. Okay, so now we're shut in. I check my wrist computer and Ryder is still able to be in contact. So I leave her up so she can monitor us for as long as that lasts. And forward we go, very cautiously. And as we do, the black boxes in between those rods, and this was very interesting, they are like these cylinders. So instead of black boxes, there are these cylinders, and inside of them are alien bodies and liquid. They were like giant mason jars stuck to the wall. Well, you know, this changes everything. What is this? But we keep moving forward. And then we run into a door. And it has a keypad too, but lucky for us, the code is the same as the door that got us down here. But I'll tell you that opening that, everything changes. The dark tunnel goes away and everything's white. There are lights above us, so we can turn off our own lights. The floor is metal. And I feel like I'm in a space shuttle or something. On the walls, there are flags, little flags, from pretty much every country you can think of. Probably every country, just one after the other. China, Russia, New Zealand, I mean everywhere. So we keep walking and when we get to the end of this, we go through another doorway and after that, there's a couple things that happen. The white tunnel keeps going forward, but now there's also an option to the right and one to the left. These are not white and nice. I mean, they're nice, but they're not, you know, they're all metal. Same metal floor. And you see a couple of signs, you know, on each side, a couple in a few languages, but one of them has a symbol on it and it's a frame around a body. So we take our bet on that one and head that way, assuming that could be where the bodies or people are kept. This next hallway doesn't have nice walls or anything. There are actually large pipes that follow the walls and then little pipes that follow the tunnel above those. And there's nothing else. So, you know, when we're in this tunnel, it's like the other one. We are extremely vulnerable. We all have something to defend ourselves out and ready to go and have the one flamethrower that we brought with us. And it's not super giant, so this isn't like a Sigourney Weaver thing. We had to bring all we could in our three duffel bags that we brought with us but we're doing okay. We have our stun guns, knives, things like that. But okay, so this tunnel isn't straight. It curves to the right. And as we round that next corner, just like what I was talking about happened, somebody is coming. And we can't see who it is because of the curve in the tunnel. But we know we have at least a minute. So we duck behind the large piping. We're all lined up behind this large pipe when they pass by. There's a man in a white body uniform, and he's walking with another person. And I shouldn't really say he's a person because it didn't look like a person to any of us. He did not have a white uniform on. He was covered in this black material. It looked like a cross between metal and plastic. And he was wearing some kind of helmet, for lack of a better word. We couldn't see his face. And we couldn't really see any parts of his body except for his hands that were very large. And they had an extra digit. They were walking by us and they were talking, almost like you'd see people walking in a business hallway discussing something on the way to a meeting, something important. It was all in a language that I can guarantee you is not of this planet. None of that is what we expected, but you never know what you're going to find and it doesn't exactly surprise me. It's not ideal, but it doesn't surprise me. Anyway, they pass by us and we have you know, no choice but to keep moving forward and that's what we do. And wow, what do we find? So this tunnel has a ramp that goes down at the end of it. And it's like you're looking down on a giant plant floor. Only if you look up, lining the walls are glass tube after glass tube and they are levels and levels high. It's shocking. I mean, these tubes are full of bodies. It's almost like looking up at the matrix, but they're in these glass tubes 
and you can see the bodies inside. Even though it's shocking, my team knows what to do, so we need to find a place to hide. Kevin, however, is frozen, and I mean, he can't move. He can't talk. He is not listening to what I am saying. So Frankie goes over to him and actually gets behind him and literally picks him up by his arms to wake him out of his shock. Then he sets him back down in the direction of the right, and Kevin does snap out of it, which is good because we need to move. We head to the right instead of the left because to the left there was nothing. But to the right, there is this other space. Very high ceilings, and there were these large metal dividers, one after the other. They didn't go to the ceiling, but they were very large. Of course, we don't know what they are, but it's the only place we can go, so we do. We go a couple deep, just so that we're not right there, even though we have no idea where we are. Seems like a good idea. So we rush over there, and then when we get there, what we find in these dividers are what look like computers. These barriers are full of controls. The controls aren't the full height of the barriers, but I'd say they're a good four feet and they run about arm's level. And you know, I say computers, but at that moment, we're not actually sure because as we're taking a closer look, there are these weird symbols on them. Some of these controls and what the displays show are in some sort of language that are not of this world. We start looking around to see what all of this is and we notice there's a symbol on this divider above this computer. Also, something we don't recognize. You know, so, okay, so we move over to the next divider. It's the same type of setup. However, all of these are in a language that we do know, German. So, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see that these divided areas are for each country or apparently wherever you're from, controlling probably whatever it is that you have there, right? So that's that, but you know, we're not on a sightseeing tour. So we're here to find Frank. What we need to do is try to figure out what the system here is, because this place is humongous. So we are going to have to do something that I hate to do. We're going to break up, especially in a situation like this one. But Frankie is going to stay in this divider and keep an eye on Kevin. He's a little better now, but he freaked out and he could freak out at any moment or something. So he needs to just stay here and be watched. Jagger and I go out to explore and find out what's going on in this place. We find that beyond the dividers are these lab-looking areas, different stations, rooms lining the sides that have heavy doors with little windows. You know, those look like prison doors, but we have no idea what they really are. There are people working in the back. We can see them, and we need to get over there. And it's good for us that the room has so many stations because Jagger and I will be moving through them one by one. And it's sort of a dark place, I should mention that. You know, this isn't your nice scientific lab with white floors and black lab stations. Again, it's all metal, dark metal. There are tables and each station has a light hanging down over it, that's it. But we do notice the technicians or whatever they are have lights by their eyes on the side of the goggle things they are wearing. The one that we can see best looks like they're working on a cadaver. But there are a lot of bodies everywhere, some without heads. The room even has more of that green slimy icicle stuff hanging down, but we have to ignore all of that because we need to get to where the information is. So hiding and ducking and trying to move fast, we do get over there. And they seem to be in a meeting. And I'm glad we caught this, but then again, I'm not. You know, it's just more people that can see us. The meeting room is open though. And what I mean by that is the walls around it are about five feet tall. Everyone's sitting down and there are no windows. So really, it's more like a sectioned off space, I guess. We are able to get around to the right of it, and then there's this dark spot back there, and then we're able to actually get behind where this meeting is. And back there, there's just wires and things. You know, it's a messy setup, but I guess down here, if it's wired right, what else do you need? So I break out the famous snake camera because I seem to need those a lot, and I always bring it with me. They're very good eyes if you need them. Jagger gets it set up at the top of the divider. You know, we're just sitting down against the wall back there, and I get the receiver ready and our earpieces so that we can hear and see what's going on. And we sit there for quite a long time. You know, they're in this meeting. We don't want to move. There's lots of languages going on. And we're trying to put together as much as we can about what the situation is and who everybody is. So I'm going to give you the important stuff that we could figure out, the really important stuff. So first of all, this was a big meeting. They all had badges on, on the backs of their chairs, and they wore them on their fronts. 
we could see that there were the top 10 for us that were there. The United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Israel, Japan, France, Germany, United Kingdom, Russia, China, and the US. And then there were two more from who knows where. One of the guys in that black covering and then another guy who was green. Not a little green man. This one was almost like a graceful plant. I don't know how else to describe him. His hands, I suppose we'd call them, split off into two and they reminded me of like an aloe plant. His eyes were more like long slits and they had these long lashes coming off of them. I have never seen or heard of an alien being like that before. But anyway, they all talk for a while. We only understand, you know, the languages that we understand, of course. And I'll give you the gist because, like I said, we were there a while. Basically, the green guy and Russia owe more than what they're contributing. And then they appear to be using the minds and the bodies of whoever these people are that are being held as a type of currency or power almost. They were trading them, buying them. Basically what it sounded like was that they were building armies to be unleashed when they released these bodies. Everyone wanted a piece. There was a lot of money flying around. In our currency, I'm talking billions. And they all wanted the best minds on their side. The aliens were apparently there because whenever all of this happens, they're gonna partake as well. There can only be one winner. Apparently this whole facility is possible because it's using alien technology in the first place. We started it after we found this place and they decided to come back in and be a part of everything. I mean, this is really bad and we cannot get caught. We need to try to figure out the system. All of a sudden, my watch vibrates just as I'm thinking all of this and it's Kevin and he sends me a message that I need to get back ASAP, that they are in trouble, but that they know the system. So that's what we do, of course, and we were going to go anyway, but now we're in a really big hurry. So we go again through the stations and we see a tech at another body and we see the body is marked freezer. So we really get out of there as fast as we can and we head over to the dividers. Before we get to the one where we left the guys, I can already see there is a big problem. Frankie's flamethrower is on the ground and I already know he put it there and shoved it to the side so that whoever he's facing wouldn't see it, but that maybe I would find it. Jagger and I go to the far end because we know what side Frankie's on. And yes, big problem. There is one of those green guys standing across from Frankie. Kevin's on the floor. And this green guy, he looked all nice and flowy, but he is not nice. His arms can stretch. And right now his arm is stretched with his two hand things around Frankie's neck. So Jagger goes back and gets the flamethrower. And when he comes back ready, that's right when Kevin notices us. Then the green guy knows someone is there too, and his head stretches around so that he's looking the other way. That very elegant face looks extremely dangerous at that moment. And Jagger just steps in front of me, pushes me aside, and lets it go with the flamethrower. It actually takes this thing down all right, but now we have a very good chance of being discovered by somebody else. So Frankie and Jagger take our green friend and move him off to the side and into one of those back dark spaces so that hopefully no one realizes he's missing even if they're coming looking for him soon we don't want to leave him laying there but now we seriously need to hurry i run up to kevin and i tell him he has to tell me now what the system is well because he's a tech guy back home he was able to break his way into at least part of this giant computer for the u.s he found his father's name and the number that went with him and his number is l 4057. So we basically run and try to stay under the radar, but we run into that plant area. It's basically a big open space on the ground, but there are doors on that ground floor and we notice that three are lit up. So we pick one and as we expected it, it's a type of elevator. There are no floors to punch though. Instead, it's a keypad. So we take a guess and we type L4057 and then out of nowhere we shoot up at I can't even tell you what speed and then we're shooting off to the right at again a speed I have no idea fast and then we stop the doors open and so we get out because we're guessing you know that we're there and sure enough it dropped us off right behind this glass tube numbered L4057 it's slanted back and we can see that we have found Frank he's in a white bodysuit and it just looks like he's sleeping 
Now, we can't just open the door and wake him up because we have no idea what state he is in. But clearly, he's meant to be here for a long time. Now, on the top of the tube are two buttons. One is red and one is green. And Kevin is just staring down at Frank with this very intense look on his face. You know, he's breathing hard. And we're all sort of on alert for someone that might be coming. And then Kevin's eyes open wide and he just slams down on the green button. Then there's some kind of countdown that starts. But it's not really numbers, so we aren't actually sure when we're going to hit zero. But we wait for a while and then we hear the airlock release. A bunch of steam comes out and then the top of the cylinder rises up. Kevin's just hovering over his father, waiting for a response. You know, any response. And almost not really believing it myself, Frank starts to open his eyes. He sees his son and he starts to panic. He almost jumps out of the tube, but he tries to get out and he falls into Kevin's arms. He can't walk that well, but he's just looking around, you know, and then he sees all of us and he's sort of in shock. And Kevin tells him that we're all there to help him and that there's no time and that if he can walk at all, we need to go. And Frank just nods, but he's still looking around at all of us. And I think really he was wondering if he's actually dreaming. But then I walk up to him and I grab him by the arm and I tell him who I am and that we need to go. And then I think he realized that something was actually happening. So as we're zipping back down in that crazy elevator thing, I'm messaging Ryder to call ahead with the radio to our helicopter guy. There's no reason to stay here. We actually don't want to stay here and hopefully he can come fast. That is if we even make it out of where we are now. It's a little slower going with Frank on Kevin's arm, but we actually do make it. Ryder's standing by and she opens the door for us and we get up top. And somehow you would think it'd be like coming home and you'd feel safe, but there's nothing safe when you know what's underneath you, like we saw. We scramble to get our stuff together and both Frankie and Jagger stand above that door and they are waiting for anyone and anything that might try to come through. When our helicopter arrives, we're practically already out the door. We have all the stuff, and then all Frankie and Jagger need to do is bundle up and get out of there. And when we're all on the helicopter, I think we all just went numb. This was not the funnest of trips, and some of them just aren't. Kevin and his dad just stared at each other with tears welled up in their eyes the entire ride. None of us discussed much, even with our little headsets, until we were back on our own land. And we all decide to meet up back in Denver, where this all started, and go back to that sushi restaurant and close this thing out, right where it started. It was very interesting. First of all, his father was very charming. You know, Frank was a nice man. He held himself well. Obviously, he'd been around money. And it wasn't my business really at that point to figure out what Kevin was going to do about Frank. But in all reality, with what we saw, I'm not sure it even mattered anymore. Either way, it's for him to deal with, and that was our agreement. And all I know is this, Kevin wanted a few contacts for himself, references, if you will. He and his father had an interest in a new mission, one of their own. And all I know is it had something to do with Antarctica. And I really don't need to ask much more about that. As networking goes, I did tell him that I would be a resource for him if he ever needed me. And that was my crazy trip to Antarctica. Wow. A rescue mission turned exploration turned discovery of the unknown. The ugly unknown. The mission was complete. But as all things go, nothing's ever really complete. The deeper you dig, the more you will find. Certainly for most people, life in every day on our everyday service is much more pleasing. It's our matrix, if you will. And that, my friend, is a reality. We always have a choice of what we want to dig into. And if you do, just be careful that you might not find what you expected to find. And that's the end. I hope you enjoyed this vlog. A little more serious than some, but a job nonetheless, and some of them are. I want to thank you for listening. And I really hope that you check back for more. And if you haven't, subscribe so that you know when I post next. All right. Ah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, live session. 
that was a live action role play. Uh, it could be a story. It could be fake. It could be completely fiction. It also could be completely real. Now, the the this in the story, you know, she changes the names, and I like to believe it's Elon Musk, but eh, it's just my hopeful belief. Um, I digress. Uh, so okay, now if you're hanging in there with me, I appreciate it. You know, I like what she said at the end there. You know. We can't continue doing what we've been doing. And, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, if you listen this far through, you're going down the rabbit hole, man. And um, I got lost in my own sauce doing that. So I will say be careful. I'm with her. Be careful. Um, You know, if you're looking for it, you are going to find it. And that goes for anything. If If you're looking for, I mean, anything, 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 anything. The energies in the world are very high right now, and I mean, you know, speaking off the top, uh, not on the topic she was talking about, but just I'm speaking to you right now, me and you. Look, if you start thinking about it and you start manifesting it and really put intent behind it, it's going to happen, good or evil, know that. And I want you to take that from the story because, yeah, you know, they could have been looking for Frank for a lot of different reasons. A Frank who's of money and also of crime, that's that's important. And there's reasons to assume, hey, this might be this might be uh, beneficial for me to keep this person around, or maybe beneficial for my team to have him on my team. You know, when you start to start, start when you start to think about it like that, like it ain't got to be teams. Hey, uh, I want him for my army. I want to take from him what makes him him, and I want that. Yo, if we're at the point of that type of technology, we got to understand there's a system, There's obviously a system above us. There's a system that does things that we will never, ever be able to do. And if the Matrix movie trilogy has sold us anything, nothing is what it seems. So, you know, stay curious. Thank you for listening this far. If you're still here with me, man, appreciate it, guys. I really do. And, um, yeah, so, uh, from here on out, you know, um, if you're still here with me, you'll get the, you get the first, I'm gonna let y'all know, um, I'm gonna be going, kind of going back to basics for a little bit, you know, definitely going back to my roots of what began the podcast, um, I really want to talk about mental health for a little bit, you know, I, I had, uh, had some things I had to deal with, and took a lot of time off of work, you know, it, uh, definitely financially, we feeling it, but, I'm good, we're good, and financially we're okay now, but it is something where I had to deal with with stuff, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of us out here doing that, you know, a lot of us out here who've had a hard time, and, you know, with everything that's gone on in, in my state, I'm sure a lot of people are not in the right state, in my state, you dig? So, let's, uh... Let's keep our minds open. You know, appreciate you guys for hanging in there. I'm going to be reaching out to some professionals, you know, uh, maybe, you know, professional therapists or even just, uh, you know, psychiatrists or mental health professionals. You know, I, I just really, you know, all, all, all of that type of thing, I would like to, uh, you know, find out some more of what they may have to offer or what they may know. You know, maybe they have... Um, the things that they're working on, I think it'd be cool to hear from our uh, local academic community. You know, kind of dip our toe in and see what's see what's going on in there. You know, um, there's a lot of authors that live in San Antonio that are really really amazing. Um, so I'm gonna take a nice little trip to the library, and I'm gonna do some research. I suggest everyone else do that. You know. Um, Use your local resources. You'd be surprised how your local, how much is it at your local library. Um, don't just use the computers. Actually, look at books. Um, read. But yeah, you know it's it's so good when things are now kind of kicking back into swing. You know, like we're kind of getting back into the swing of things. My city's waking up. Um, San Antonio is not really a city that's supposed to be five degrees. So yeah. It, we we hung in there like champs and for us who made it we made it 
appreciate y'all. Um, for y'all who are in the north and whatnot, looking at us and me, y'all tripping, bruh. I honestly don't think you understand <laughs> Texas at all, and it's not your fault. You just don't live here. So we'll make it. You know what I'm saying? And definitely next year we'll be ready. You know, it's not something I'm afraid of anymore. Snow's cute, but uh, yeah, uh, y'all northern states, y'all can keep that. But um, yeah, um, thank you. Hang for hanging in there again. Um, support the podcast. Support local. Support local stuff. Check out Alta Vista Skate Shop. Also check out our web page where you can support a new ring on the brain. That's gonna be at anchor.fm slash a n w o t b zero one slash support. Check it out. Um, definitely, you know, give give it a link. You know, give it a try. Send it to your family, friends. Send send it to those that you know are listening. Um, you know, if they want to hear something cool like this, spread it out. Um, don't, don't just sit on something you think makes you different. If it makes you different, everybody wants to be like you. (laughs) Share the wealth, you know what I'm saying? That's why there's, that's why there's two pieces of candies and a Twix. You know, it's built to share. You can eat both. Don't ever get it twisted. You can eat both, but, you know, it's built to share. You know what I'm saying? Um... I'm not saying I'm a Twix. I'm just saying, you know, share the pot. Too many analogies, man. I went too deep. So, <laughs> um, but again, I uh, appreciate y'all. Um, thank you for hanging in there. You know, again, um, the support and just y'all listening at all is really surprising and amazing. Um, I really do appreciate it. You are being seen. I know who y'all is you know no i'm just playing i, I don't know about i, I don't know <laughs> but i mean but but i but i, I do see that but i do see the numbers you know and, and it's very um it's humbling it makes you feel good you know it, it's you know i'm doing something and um you know obviously you know there's a whole bunch of us who ain't doing nothing so i'm happy to be able to do something for you um we'll be taking the show on the road pretty soon i got a couple ideas um music stuff's coming on the way we got um, a possible resurgence of Friday night mic toss. What? We used to do these mic toss things back in the day, and I mean, I ain't gonna lie, yeah, it's been about ten years, but ten year reunion, and we can bring back the mic toss. Y'all ain't seen the mic toss. I mean, just. Just hang in there. Just, <laughs> just hang in there with us. Um, we're actually working on getting a lot of new changes. A lot of a lot of beautiful, cool stuff. Again, you know, music's coming. We have a um, different series coming as well, for sure. Alta Vista. Hey, we need an episode two. So I'm thinking doing a... Um, we're going to do a skate shop um, part two. They were cool. Definitely, you know, the whole know your neighbor um and you know kind of you know know your local you know business series definitely was cool i definitely want to revisit that you know because again the city's waking up you know i want to i want to put you guys on as much as y'all put me on so appreciate all y'all appreciate everyone for listening appreciate you for hanging in there this long uh until the next one bg out appreciate it